Here it is. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, the journeyers, the pilgrims, though fools, fools in the eyes of the world, they shall not err therein. Well, welcome everyone to this very special podcast episode. This is the Way of Holiness podcast. Now, if you're discovering this with no previous knowledge of who we are or what we have done, well, welcome. I thought you were getting ready to <laughs> introduce, like I thought that was the segue there of like allow us to introduce ourselves. Yes, I guess we should do that. So uh, this is the Way of Holiness podcast, and we are your guides, we being Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell, along with a host of our friends in the weeks ahead as we can round them up and bring them in. But uh, let me interrupt this to say Merry Christmas, by the way. Ah, Merry we Christmas. We are in, or I should say Merry Christmas Tide. Merry Christmas Tide. Yes, because we are recording this first episode of the Way of Holiness podcast, kind of last minute, so it's actually January the 3rd as we record this, and this is going to go out tomorrow, so we're like on the deadline. This is, uh, this is uh, I don't know what they call that in, in the uh, business, but... It's, it's like those old newspaper days where it's coming down to the wire, and you got to... Yeah, nobody goes home there. until this gets done, yep. but it goes out tomorrow, but here we are, on January the 3rd, uh, tomorrow will be the 4th, and we're drawing down on Epiphany, which is this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that will be the final, kind of the wrap-up of the Christmas season. And we're still in Christmas in the Barnett household. We have, uh, in fact, this morning, as I was getting ready to come, I was listening to some great Christmas worship music. Uh, I just recently switched to incorporating some non-Christmas music back into my listening habits, but Shame still got some Christmas music mixed in there. Well, this is a special podcast because it is both our first and our last. It's the Alpha and Omega podcast. <laughs> that should be the title. <laughs> well, we won't change that today, but we are beginning with the start of the new year, a new podcast effort, which is one way in which... I think we both agree that we are pursuing what we have received as counsel from the Lord to streamline and consolidate and hone our focus in on what we're supposed to be doing and where we are putting our energy, and more to say about that in just a little bit. But it's the final episode of the Code of Man podcast because we are dual releasing this both as a Code of Man podcast, the final, and the Way of Holiness, the first so uh, it's a simultaneous thing going on. It's kind of like being in uh, like a Twilight Zone thing yeah. right now. This just dawned on me. I had an epiphany a couple of days before epiphany. It's what we're trying to do here. But we are real time living out the old adage of every ending is simply a new beginning. It's the end of the code of man, the beginning of the way of holiness. Right here at one time. I'm telling you. So it's the old past, present, future thing. Yes. So is it, we know the past is gone, so it doesn't exist. The future hasn't come, so it doesn't exist. And the present, by the time you've realized it, is already past, so does it even exist? This is quite a conundrum. Well, 
That's the give, kind of stuff you can expect yeah, here. <laughs> this is giving folks a taste of some of the stuff. Now, hopefully that won't be much of the stuff. But anyway, there's a there's a little teaser for some, I don't know if that's science, philosophy, faith, all wrapped up in one, I guess. Physics. It's like a, it's like a capsule of super intelligence. Yeah. Like a super soldier serum. <laughs> anyway, uh, we hope that we can bring all of the various listeners into this one place. So if you're a Code of Man listener, maybe you're not familiar with our other podcast effort, which was really our radio broadcast that was made into a podcast called Daybreak Devotions. Then there may be some of our folks who were Daybreak Devotions listeners who have been informed about this and they're joining us for this first one. But anyway, if you've been one or the other or both, now we're bringing it all together into one place. And so we're going to continue in the same line of thinking and teaching and learning and exploring as we've done with the code and we've done it with Daybreak Devotions podcast, we're going to bring the Word of God and the will of God into the very real day-to-day living that we are called to do. Mm -hmm. And that's really the essence of what we want to accomplish with this podcast, and that is living in the way of holiness, which is where this title comes from. But there will be some listening who are not familiar with where the way of holiness uh, has come from as far as uh, you know our use of it and and why that is the name of this new podcast and why it's the theme of our ministry and our life really it has been so much of a an anchor to what we have been doing both in the church in our homes in our personal lives and in these types of ministries really dating back I guess officially to 2020 am I right about that was that the yes, first conference? That was the first way of holiness. So I, I I'm sure we could say it goes back further in terms of our pursuit of this, but in terms of calling it the way of holiness, I guess technically the first year we called it the mystery of godliness. We had the uh, three-day conference here for our folks at the church, but by the next year in 2021, you know, we changed the name of this and knew, hey, this is the way of holiness that we're learning, and, and it's the way of following Jesus, and we have stayed with that ever since. And now we get to bring that into this podcast because that is exactly what we want to focus mm-hmm. on you know, moving forward, it's really everything that we're doing. No matter what is happening in my life today, no matter what fills my schedule today, I want to be in this way of holiness. Sure. Because nothing is random. Nothing just happens to us. It's all an opportunity to draw us closer to Jesus. And living with that intentional focus allows us to seize the opportunity that Jesus is presenting us to draw closer to him. And we want to teach others in that. Now, not because... I mean. I know you, and and I know for myself, we don't consider ourselves experts. In fact, as I have said most at most of the conferences, the, one of the first things we'll tell people is there are no masters here. Mm-hmm. We are all students. But as we learn, Jesus has told us that as we learn, we have the responsibility to teach other people, mm-hmm. to, to pass on what we are gaining in our walk with him. So we take the phrase directly from Scripture, the way of holiness. It comes from Isaiah 35, and we uh, look at that every year at the conference. I want to read the first eight verses, but hey, if you're out there, the whole chapter is not very long, but there is so much in this. I've taught from it every year in the conference. It is just a wonderful passage, but let me read the first eight verses. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. Who's the them? That's the us, the usans who are trying to follow Jesus to bring the New Testament vernacular into it. It says, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. 
The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. This is about bringing strength to people that need strength. Strength comes from God. It's his grace. That's part of this way. Verse 4 says, Say to them that are of a fearful heart. And, and you and I and most all these listeners, we know that we live in an age where fear is a dominant thing. We, mm-hmm. are, we are not sure what's coming next. So say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Oh, wow, I could spend some time on that verse. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as in heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. The promise is, is that God is bringing healing to his people. This whole journey of life from birth to crossing into the kingdom in its fullness is a journey of being renewed and healed. Yes, being delivered from the bondage of sin, but then healed from the damage sin has done and is still doing. Mm-hmm. There's nobody I know right now who is not being affected by sin, whether it's your sin or somebody else's sin. And so Christ comes. The way of Jesus is about healing in that. And the parched ground shall become a, a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. God takes all that and turns it into beauty. And here it is. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, the journeyers, the pilgrims, though fools, fools in the eyes of the world, they shall not err therein. Let me say even fools, you know, really when you think about that, I think another thing that happens, the closer you get to God, the more you realize what you don't know. Yep. And the closer you get to Christ and, and the more devout in the walk you get, the more you recognize yourself as a, huh, I'm a fool. Yeah. I mean, look, look, I, I cannot do anything apart from the grace of God. I need to be as close to Jesus as I can be. Man, and just even hearing that reminds me of that God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Those that realize just how much we don't have to offer, but yet realize that we are, we are enabled to be vessels, to be filled by God, to be used for his goodness and glory. That's how, it, that's how he uses us to confound the wise, because we get out of the way and say, God, it's not me. I don't have anything to offer except yieldedness and willingness to follow you and to let you do through me what you're wanting to do. It goes back to even Sunday here at the church where the message was from James 4. Humble yourselves in the sight of God. You know, he gives more grace. But how do we get access to that grace? It's always by humility. Of course, humility does not mean groveling self-pity because Hebrews tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace. Mm -hmm. So humility is coming to God in the confidence of who I am in Jesus Christ, not in the confidence of who I am or the pity of who I am not, but the confidence of who I am in Christ. See, already we've unpacked about a dozen way of holiness topics <laughs> just reading this passage. So it's a, it's about learning true discipleship. And I think 
if we put it into terminology that is kind of universal as far as at least that people get a sense of what we mean, it's about learning true discipleship for ourselves and for those who we're called to minister to. And now what I'm, what I'm talking about here is the way of holiness itself, but I'm also talking about the purpose of this podcast. So that's really the premise and the intent for what we're doing, just like it was for the Code podcast, just like it's been in Daybreak Devotions. And we continue with the Daybreak Devotions radio program, airing the preaching from our church and, and all of that. But what we have been excited about, I think, with this is the opportunity to take our time to really talk about, share, learn together and with the listeners just what, what is God up to right now, both in our life, maybe in the society that we're a part of. But you know what I think is, is so helpful is whatever God is doing here, it can be unique and yet it translates. Yeah. So a person listening to us in Alabama or Canada or Kazakhstan, okay, that's probably one of those places on the um, the the risk game. Oh yeah, yeah. Or no, maybe it's one no, of those real a, places. That's Kamchatka. <laughs> yeah, one of them places. Wherever you're listening, I think because this is about God, it's His story and it's the way of Jesus. Any believer is going to have a the the ability to relate to what sure. we're talking about. So. I believe very sincerely that the modern church, and that being made up of modern Christians, is lacking, and maybe we could say the modern church is discipleship poor. Because when when we talk about discipleship or we, we mention discipleship, what do you think comes to the average Christian's mind today? I think you start thinking of like new converts classes and okay, we're going to disciple this guy and we're going to teach him the foundations of the faith and we're going to, we're going to get him caught up on doctrine and, you know, the, the essentials that every Christian and every believer should know. And it's very fact-heavy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think, what we think of with discipleship. So doctrine, doc, and doctrine's important. We're mm-hmm. big believers in doctrine because it's what, we, it's what you believe. Yes. But doctrine, if it's real, informs how we live. Right. So discipleship, is that is part of it. So anybody that thinks about that is thinking in the right direction. But listen to these passages from Jesus himself. Now listen to some commonality here. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew 4, verse 18 and 19. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. John ten twenty seven. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And then in chapter 12 of John, verse 26, listen to this promise. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there also shall my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Man, that's a great passage right there. But let me give you one more. John 15 and verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Now, those all those verses, these are invitations. By the way, standing invitations from the Lord Jesus to everybody. And what were they? Come unto me, follow me, abide in me. Mm-hmm. 
Now that right there is the that's the message of discipleship. Yeah. And the question that follows is obviously how. And I like to pose that question in conversation with people. Are you a follower of Jesus? Oh yes. How do you follow Jesus? It's a revealing question. It is, but not to be judgmental, but it reveals the lack of understanding and the lack of teaching that exists in the church today. Yeah, because I wrote this down while, while you were reading those verses. What I have come to learn and understand is that discipleship is teaching someone else how to put their doctrine into practice. Like, this is how to take what you know and how to tangibly use it day to day. And I had a math teacher in high school that used to always drill into us, you need to learn this stuff because you'll use math every day of your life. And he used that statement so many times that it started falling on deaf ears until we asked him one day, Mr. Keel, when am I ever going to use this again? And he tangibly went through and showed how yesterday he took what the lesson was and put it into practice in his day-to-day life. And it opened our eyes a little bit to say, okay, I see how the facts that you've been giving me, I use that day-to-day. We have failed in the church world to, to cross that bridge because a lot of times we ourselves who are supposed to be teachers haven't yet learned what it is to take our doctrine and put it into practice as well. Yes. By the way, you said his name was Mr. Kiel? Mr. Kiel. Not K-I-L-L, K-E-E-L. Oh, that's good because I was thinking if you had grown up in the age where they still used corporal punishment in the schools and Mr. Kiel had a switch yeah, and you got hit with the kill switch, switch. <laughs> but I'll let that go. So I think that our church culture, in terms of these invitations from Jesus, so the first one I read, and I didn't read them like in order because, you know, Matthew 11, and I know it's got some context, but just thinking in terms of that invitation, come unto me. I think that our in our church culture today, we're, we're pretty solid on that initial invitation. You know, you and I have grown up, and all the listeners I'm sure have grown up in a church culture that emphasizes giving an invitation to come to Jesus, to believe on Jesus, inviting people to trust him as the Savior of their soul, which is good, but then what? What comes after that? And that's where I think we want, you know, we want to take it to that next point, mm-hmm. that next part of this, because Jesus doesn't just save us, and this is the image that I had in my mind. I know today they don't do it this way, but back in the old days, you know, you would check a bag at the airport and they would slap a sticker on it to where it was supposed to go. I guess today they do put the little, the little, yeah, it's like yeah, a little, little tag. tag thing on it, but that's not how it is. Like we get saved, and so we Jesus saves us, and He tosses us like luggage up on the rack, and you know the Holy Ghost slaps a sticker on us, and then we go to the back and we wait for our plane to depart. Yeah. Right? That's not how this works. It, it's transformation. Jesus said to these men, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." Many times I've said it. I love the word there, poeo where we get our word poem. Jesus says, I will make a beautiful writing, a beautiful story of your life. And that's what discipleship is. I mean, I would say to listeners and to our friends, would you describe your walk with Jesus as a beautiful story that is being written? Because if you can't do that, not shame on you, yeah, but shame on you if you're content to stay there. I, I like how you worded it that way because it's not shameful not to be what you didn't know you could become or or not to live the life that is offered to you. But it is shameful to realize the potential that's out there and then be content to be less than what God has 
designed and, and orchestrated for you to become. I began reading in this book here, Abide in Christ. I mentioned this to you this mm-hmm. morning uh, by Andrew Murray. I have read a little bit of Andrew Murray, but I'm not as familiar with him. But I got the, picked up this book a few weeks ago, and I've kind of been holding on to it for the new year. And uh, I, I was just reading the preface in it last night. And it was first published in 1864, and he, he wrote it in his original language, which I think was Dutch. But 1864, he publishes this. He did not print it or have it printed in English until 1882 because he himself felt that he needed more experience in what he had written about. Wow. Which I think is a really honorable thing. So in this edition, which is an English edition, he writes this preface in it. And I, I all, that's all I read last night was just the preface. But let me, let me read this to you. Just it's, I guess it's two paragraphs. It is to be feared that there are many earnest followers of Jesus from whom the meaning of this word, and he's referring to the title, Abide in Me. Jesus says, Abide in Me. So he says, For whom the meaning of this word, with the blessed experience it promises, is very much hidden. While trusting in their Savior for pardon and for help and seeking to some extent to obey Him, they have hardly realized the closeness of union, the intimacy of fellowship, and the wondrous oneness of life and interest to which He invited them when He said, Abide in Me. This is not only an unspeakable loss to them, but the church and the world also suffer from their loss, which I'm going to keep reading, but boom, what a point. Yeah. If we ask why those who have indeed accepted the Savior and have been made partakers of the renewing of the Holy Spirit thus come short of the full salvation prepared for them, I am sure the answer will, in very many cases, be that ignorance is the cause of the unbelief that fails to obtain the inheritance. If, in our Orthodox churches, abiding in Christ, the living union with Him, the experience of His daily and hourly presence and keeping, were preached with the same distinctness and urgency as his atonement and pardon through his blood, I am confident that many would be found to accept with gladness the invitation to such a life. I am confident also that its influence would be manifest in their experience of the purity and the power, the love and the joy, the fruit-bearing, and all the blessedness that the Savior connected with abiding in him. So let me say that part again. If in our Orthodox churches, abiding in Christ, meaning the living union with Him, the experience of His daily and hourly presence and keeping, if that were preached with the same distinctness and urgency as His atonement and pardon through His blood, I am confident that many would be found to accept with gladness the invitation to such a life. Even back in the 1860s, men were contending against the gospel of the forgiveness of sins. Yes, and, and, and here we are. 19, no, 2024. 2024, yeah. yeah. I'm a little behind myself. Just a tad. But yeah, I mean, it, that's when I read that, I said, you got to be kidding me because we're there now, but how much, I hate to sound negative, but how much worse? How yeah. much deep-rooted has this, well, I've asked Jesus to save me, and he forgave me of my sins, and I'm going to heaven, and I'm content with that. How much more deep is those are those roots? Yeah, because I don't, I don't know how, how proud... People were in the 1860s that that had that philosophy and that mindset, but that is definitely an anchor point in that mindset. Is like, is like this: I, I'm proud that my focus is on the atonement of Jesus, and and I know even I didn't word that the way that 
it, it was resonating in my heart because I know that sounds like, well, shouldn't we be proud? Shouldn't we be glad that Jesus atoned? Of course, absolutely. But being proud to remain there as if we're some kind of spiritual giants because we've received forgiveness of our sins when there is so much more out there. Well, what more is out there? Murray listed it at the end of this, this paragraph. He said, the experience of the purity and the power, the love and the joy, the fruit-bearing, and all the blessedness of the Savior connected with abiding in Him. So when we say, well, what difference does it make? What's the, what's the big deal? The big deal is that. The big deal is where his book is, is based on, John 15. Jesus talks about having fruit-bearing. Why do we bear fruit? To the glory of the Father. So how is my life glorifying God? Now we get into, you know, we even talked about this this morning a little bit, how some people think, well, I'm not this or I don't have this platform, so, you know, there's not really a lot I can do. I'm just trying to make it. Mm -hmm. No, we have so overlooked the meaning of bearing fruit to where we cannot comprehend that to be full of love and kindness and to walk into a store or a restaurant where there are people that are aggravated, anxious, afraid, hurting, and you just actually love them by kind words yep. and treating them with respect is bringing the fruit of Christ and the joys of the kingdom into that place. That's powerful. Absolutely. So we sit back and say, man, how awful the world is, but what are we doing about it? <laughs> so... I guess it was, I was sitting there trying to remember exactly when it was. I think it was the youth camp that I had the opportunity to preach last year. Year of the Light of the World was really on my heart and mind at that point in time. And what the what the Lord showed me throughout that, that, that portion was there are different size lights for different size occasions. And you use the light for particular instances like... Sometimes you've got a gigantic spotlight like on a stage and you're trying to cover an awful lot of ground. But when I'm walking through the woods, I don't want a gigantic spotlight. I, I want a headlamp. I want something that's going to give me the light that I need in the space that I need and, and it's a directed light. But if the headlamp complains that it's not a spotlight and then the spotlight complains that it's not a headlamp, they're both missing the point. Regardless of the size of light, they have the function and we operate our best when we understand there are no big jobs. There are no small jobs. God has left me here to be a light, to be an ambassador, to be, to be someone that, that just wherever I'm at, just be Jesus and be with Jesus wherever I'm at. Who am I to complain about the, the qualifications or the quality of my life? My, my quality of life is excellent. I get to live my life with Jesus. There is no greater quality than that. Yeah, well, who was, I don't know, remember who it was now, and I'm not going to say the quote right, but it might have been Henry Nouwen that said that, uh, that you know, God, the cross and, and Christ's coming was God saying, I love you. Mm -hmm. And we, when we are born again and given you life, the rest of our life is about us saying back to God, we love you. Yes. I didn't say that well. He, he wrote it very, very good. But, I mean, that that's really what life comes back to. And so if we're just kind of, kind of, Marking time mm -hmm. until we die, we're not doing what we were made to do, and we're missing out on the joy that we can have in our life. So, you know, you read all these stories of 
of Christians who were suffering greatly and have suffered, and some are suffering right now, but they radiate a joy. They radiate, you use the term quality of life, they radiate a quality of life that is coming from a well of water that is in them that is springing up into everlasting life. See, they've tapped into something, Mm -hmm. or rather something's tapped into them. And they've, they've got connected to this, and that's what Jesus means when he says, abide in me. That's what walking in the way of holiness does. You read Isaiah 35, and you see how that when God is having his way with his people, the wilderness place is where they go to find him, that solitary place, that desert place. Okay, so we're going to talk about that in the days ahead. But, but he turns the desert place into a place of beauty. Mm-hmm. You remember the year we went to, was it New Mexico the last time? And we stood up at that state park and looked down in that, that canyon. And in the middle of all this desert, just dirt and rock and, and all this barren land, there's this, this um, well. Was it a, a river? There was, there was water that ran through it. And yeah. all through that little valley or in that bottom of that canyon, there was this pathway of just green, all these trees growing. Man, it was the perfect picture of the way of holiness. Yep. So what is the way of holiness? Kind of, you know, we're introducing that today. Um, from a from the standpoint of how we approach it and what we have taught here with our conferences, there are three guiding, I think parameters is the word I want to use, for helping us develop the practices in our life that help us to follow Jesus. So let me let me explain that a little bit. Following Jesus, how do we put that into a nutshell? It's it's knowing him, but it's also conversing with him. It's having a relationship in which I sense his leading and I do the things I feel compelled of him to do. A little bit harder, at least for me, is learning to say the things that he wants me to say and not say the things I'm not supposed to say. But it's conversational and it's intimate. It's a knowledge like a man will know his wife or a wife will know her husband. There is an intimacy in that in which you just know each other. Mm -hmm. And again, go back to John 10. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And with that, that means it's it's not a formula. It's it's not something that, like, you just do and check off boxes. To your point— It looks the same for every person perfectly. Right. There are guidelines. Like, God is not going to lead you to do something that is, like— outright and blatantly revealed in Scripture, like, this is morally wrong. Well, the Spirit's leading me to do this. I, we can't get foolish about this. But you, just like your life is different than mine, my walk with Jesus is going to be different because we're different people. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm going to ha- there's things I need help in that you might not need. Yeah. There's teaching that's specific to my situation. And that's the wonderful thing about Jesus and knowing him is that it comes very specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's moving past just, well, you know, I was there Sunday. I got the sermon Sunday. Okay, but what has that meant to you by Tuesday? You know, the point is is that it's not just what I heard Sunday. It's what is God leading me in through the sermon Sunday, through my prayer time Monday, mm-hmm. through that encounter I had with that person on Tuesday morning at work that left me feeling, you know, jaded or cynical or small, what what happened there? And am I able to bring that to the Lord in a conversational, intimate way and get some help for that? He is, after all, the greatest counselor available to sure. us. So the parameters that, that, that God put in my heart in terms of the conference and how we would teach that are three things. Slow your pace, shrink your world, shepherd your heart. And we've got the little 
Way of Holiness logo that we created. And those three guiding parameters. So within that, that's what we're working on as we talk about walking in the way of holiness. Now, those parameters help us kind of form a framework of practices. We talk about spiritual disciplines. We can talk, we can call them our, our daily practices of being with God or experiencing God, however you want to term it. But it's learning how to build the trellis for the vine to grow on. The trellis of our life it are those spiritual disciplines or those daily, weekly, monthly practices that help support the vine so that it can grow, right? And that is our relationship. We're abiding in Jesus. We're, the vine's growing, but how does it happen? It happens because we have these, these ways and practices in our daily life that help us to live close to him. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this, this this morning. I don't know what it'll take to get people in general to understand that wishing it were so is not enough. Yeah. But how many people live their life that way? You know, you watch people start something. They want it to be better. So we're here in New Year's. It's the first week of the new year. And people will start a lot of things because they want something to be true down inside of them. And so they do this thing to try to make it happen, but they give up on the thing because it's hard or it's difficult or they miss a few days. And then they're just back to same old, same old. Look at your life right now and consider what are you successfully, consistently doing on a daily basis? And ask yourself, what type of man or woman am I becoming in that? Wow. Now look at the things you've tried to do in the past but haven't stayed consistent with. And then look inside of you and say, what is it that I wish were true? Now, just because I wish it were true, that's never going to make it true. Grace and effort always have to meet together. God's grace is sufficient. One of the passages of Scripture that I shared this with the young people Sunday morning, but and I've shared it in the church here, but 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 are primary text for me this year. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 24 says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. God is going to do it. He will finish it. He will make it happen. But here's the interesting thing about that. A lot of people sit on that verse and say, well, faithful is God. He'll do it. He's going to, but you got to read back. Before verse 23 and 24, you've got this litany of practices that Paul gives where he says, I mean, I'll just back up to verse 15. See that none render evil for evil. But ever follow that which is good. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Just to be clear in modern language, that means come in and listen with a willing heart to the preaching. Prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. Mm -hmm. Test it. Is this worthy? Should this be in my life? Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. You see, we have to put something into this. And yes, God will do it. But let's go back to the discussion we were having yesterday morning. The story out of Matthew about, I think it's in Matthew, about the the workers in the vineyard and those Mm -hmm. that were hired at the first hour of the day. 
Those were hired in the last hour of the day, and they ended up being paid the same thing. And we took that into a discussion about my thought was, yes, those guys were upset because we worked all day and they got the same pay we got. But actual, in actuality, they, that's not true. They were fo- focused on the one part of the pay, mm-hmm. the, the penny. But I would, it got me thinking about all that those men had gained that day from working for the master. They had gained experience. They had gained strength. They had gained the, the, uh, the joy of knowing they'd made a difference had they been willing to look at it. Sure. But then the people that got in in the last hour, they didn't get all that. They still got the same, let's call it the, the eternal life. Mm-hmm. But what they missed out on was the opportunity to condition themselves, to grow, to have all that gain that they could have gotten had they been working earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And again, that all breaks down, and we had a lot of discussion on that. Matter of fact, some really good discussion. But the point is that we kind of come down toward the end, though. How many Christians are like the people that got hired at the first of the day? But maybe they've been working, quote, all day. Yep. But really they've just been kind of hanging around and kind of hitting the lick here and there. And so while they've been saved all this time, when they get to eternity, when they get the penny, the crown, or whatever, they're still going to look and they're going to see there's some other believers who came in after they did who have far surpassed them in the kingdom because they gave their whole heart to following Jesus. Now, we all got there. By grace are you saved. But what's that going to mean? What's how's that going to translate into the into the kingdom life in eternity? That's a whole other discussion, right? But it's worth thinking about. Okay, so uh, as we get toward wrapping up this first edition, I think what we want to do we've talked about is let's just share with the believers an example of following Jesus in the way of holiness. Did you mean to say let's share with the believers? Yeah, let's share with the listeners. So let's share with the listeners, the believers or unbelievers. Let's share with them all. Let's let's share with them an example of following Jesus and connect it to this being the new year, okay? I mentioned at the start of the podcast that, that it's really part of our way to follow the leading of the Lord into the new year that we came up with this podcast and this plan. And as we follow Christ, I think one of the most basic and, and indispensable practices is to ask for guidance, to ask the Lord to lead us. You know, just... Uh, I don't know what your Bible reading plan for the year is or anything like that, but uh, I have decided this year that I'm going to get back to doing the Proverb a Day reading. I would really want to glean from them. And I thought about doing it in the evenings, and then I thought, yeah, you know, I think Proverbs are really designed to read in the morning. I mean, they're kind of like like gassing up things. So I started reading them this year, and you know, just these early Proverbs over and over are calling us to seek wisdom, seek knowledge, ask God to guide you. and And so... We ask God for his guidance for New Year's. That's something that we typically practice. You know, even for me, I'll even interrupt this broadcast to say that this passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, I didn't get that in January or even in December. I've been working on that one since probably, I would say, September, October. Hmm. And, you know, you've heard me mention it. I've mentioned it in the church, but it's been a leading toward this new year. And uh, But, you know, I've been asking, God, what do you want? Where am I headed? What do you want from me personally? And I think that's an important thing for us to do. I think it's it's good to take time. Everybody, to some degree, thinks about the new year, even if it's just to the minimal of, well, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll do everything again. But in some way, you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. 
And I think most of us are making plans, whether it's for vacation or certain goals in our life. So why would we not start out with God at the center of our planning and say, Lord, what do you want? Mm -hmm. What do you have for me? What are you directing me in? Show me the way you want me to go because I can't figure this out on my own. And, and so my question then to you to come in today uh, to just share with the listeners is, what has been your sense of direction from the Lord as you've moved into this new year? What's he leading you toward in terms of growth or direction or learning or whatever? So my big thing this upcoming year is really trying to get more intentionally focused on on, on ministering and, and being there for other people. So I, by nature, um, I feel like I'm a pretty empathetic person. Um, I, I can relate with people and whatnot. But a few years back, I, I, I had a big pendulum swing in one direction where, I mean, I was consumed with everybody's life. I mean, through Facebook and problems and, you know, the news. and stuff. I mean, I was filled up with stuff all over the place. And so I wasn't able to do anything well because I was too fragmented that way. So a couple of years back, it was, all right, I really need to, well, to, to make a poor use of this term, but I really need to shrink my world. Mm-hmm. But what I did, I realized, was I kind of shrunk too much. I, I enabled myself to get too focused, like, to the here and now, to the neglect of some things that I legitimately should care about and some ways that I legitimately should be there for people. And a lot of that was because out of good intention, I'd have it in my head, okay, I need to remember to do this. I need to remember to do this. I need to remember about so-and-so. And And I'd I'd forget it. It'd be gone, and then a couple weeks later, I'd be like, oh, man, I never called them. I I needed to do this. And and so there's just this repeating cycle. This year, my my tangible growth point is I'm not a list maker. I'm I'm not a capture things down. But I've got like three different areas that, I, that I'm wanting to start really tracking my list, like, like my personal prayer list. And I know a lot of people have prayer lists. I know at the church we, we put those out. But, but I think for me, like, all right, these are, these are needs that, that the Lord has spoken to me that I have acknowledged. Like these are people that I personally know, that I, I deeply am connected with, and I want to remember to intentionally pray for them. And so I'm, I'm crafting my, my prayer list. But then I've also got what I'm calling like a, a contact correspondence list. These are people that I need to email, text message, phone call, visit. And, and I've kind of got some different ways drawn up of how I would like to try to target that with frequency and different things like that. But these are people that I need to make sure I'm keeping intentional tabs with, whether it's my you know extended family members, church members, Sunday school class, different things like that. So I want to really be able to to hone in on those things. And then my third list is just my my overall projects list. You know, this is this is what I need to be doing because so many times, not only with the neglect of being there for people, but there would also be neglect of projects, again, because I'm keeping so much stuff inside my head, not intending to forget anything, but lose sight of different things. You know, we've talked about this before. I'm I'm a reactionary person. If you ask me, hey, can you do this for me? By nature, you now have 100% of my attention on that particular project. They call you the fireman. Yes, I am putting out fires left and right. The problem is I never really get one extinguished before I've turned my attention to the other one, and then I got fires going everywhere. 
So, so you're like the fireman that's like never saved a building. Yes. Everything's on fire or burnt to the ground. But it's the kind of guy. <laughs> you're standing you, in the middle with a hose. Hey! <laughs> and people are like, you know what? But kudos to him. He's there. But I don't want to be the kudos he's there guy. I want to be the guy that is making a, a, a difference, making an impact, and, and really entering into, all right, if, if, if I'm here, you've got my focus until either this is done or somebody else has come to fill this gap, and now my attention is elsewhere. That's interesting that you mention that because it, two, two reasons I say that. Number one, because it is going to illustrate very well something we were just talking about, how Jesus leads us and God works in us uniquely to where we are in our life. Because I'm kind of going in a different direction this year. Okay. But secondly, this is what you just described is what my wife and I were on our walk Monday, New Year's Day, and you know I were I was asking her these same things like, what do you feel in your heart that God is leading you in this year? And she not exactly the same way, but basically said the same thing you did that she said I feel like I need to get out of myself more and start connecting with others and being present to others more. And here's where I am with all this. It's not totally different or like 180 degrees different, but for me, well, let me, let me just put, let me give you what I wrote in my journal. Okay. And, and maybe I can expound off that, but I didn't have a phrase for this year or a key word per se that I had settled on as the months, the last couple months were moving. I kept thinking about wellness you know, because First Thessalonians five twenty three was just—it's just been hanging with me. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blamelessly. And I kept thinking about wellness and wholeness in the total person. You know, I want my whole self to be well. This past year, I went to got my, went and got my physical at the end of the year, and my blood pressure's up and my cholesterol's back up, and I'm saying, what in the world? You know, and I love what the doctor said to me. He said, look, you had a bad year. Let, let's get up. Let's fix this. Let's get going. I'm thinking, Doc, I've had a bad decade, you know, something like that, you know, kind of felt kind of felt like that. But a lot of the stress and a lot of the anxiousness in me and the frustration, look, we can, we can look at our circumstances and blame all that, but what I've had to realize is it's got to be inside of me that I deal with this. This is where the Lord's been impressing my heart. There is a place of wellness that I can get to, and God cares about every aspect, my my body, my spirit, and my heart, my soul, my mind, all of it, right? So Monday morning I got up and I cracked, was getting ready to crack open this brand-new journal, and this phrase hit me, and I told my wife on the walk Monday, I said, I know this may sound a little corny. I've never written down, like, for the year something like this, but here's what I wrote, 2024 year of the quest for holy wellness. And I don't usually write out like that long of a thing, but it just came to me. And the quest part I think is so important because even with what you just described, I think saying this out loud, this is a journey. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get this together by the end of the month of January. Honestly, by the end of 2024, I'm not going to have all this together. But what I'm hoping for is that this quest for holy wellness has brought me so much further along to where both in body and and soul and spirit I am stronger and more well and more whole and more close to God than I've ever been before. 
Underneath that, I included a couple of other statements about this year. It's the year of Eremos. Mm-hmm. That's where the, the different approach is. And I've shared this with you, but I believe this year, and I've told my wife, I've got I've to kind of look at me a little bit. And I wrote this out in the journal this way. This is for me personally. I need this year to focus on my own wholeness, not in a self-serving way, but in a God-honoring way, which will make me the man of God I should be. And here's the thing I know about that. If I do that, I'm going to be a better leader, a better husband and father, a better pastor. This can't go wrong if I do it well. Sure. And so Year of Eremos comes from Mark 6. You know, I have, and it's, it's, so, it's so cool how that keeps popping up in all these different ways. But Jesus, you know, the Bible says in Mark 6, 30, that they come to Jesus and they tell him everything they've been doing. I mean, they've been so busy and they've been going and they've been working hard and they've been making plans and they've been getting things done. And Jesus looks at them and he, I'm sure he, you know, applauds them or whatever, but he says, all right, guys, now it's time to come apart for a while. It's time to come rest because it says they hadn't even had time so much as to eat. And so he calls them into leisure. And I believe that that's part of what God is calling me into this year, not to forsake my responsibilities, but to let go of trying so hard. I mean, see, that might not resonate with everybody, but it resonates so deeply and true to the needs of my heart. And I suppose you could say, well, you didn't need God to tell you that. And I would say that's true. But what I needed was God to give permission Mm -hmm. for that. And that's what's so critical. What is God giving us permission to do with our life? Because when you get that, that's the definitive blessing of God, then it's okay. Absolutely. I I don't need to worry about it now. I just need to go after it. Because, I mean, so over the last five years, five, six years, I've had an opportunity to get to know you in a in a pretty in a pretty deep way you are a very high octane like planning mission essential let's get after this and for you everything's mission essential like like it needs to be done let's <laughs> let's do it like so let's 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 tackle it let's get after it so hearing you say hey i need a i need a year of aramos i hear that and i'm like well yeah i've i've been saying that for you for a while. But what you just highlighted, I don't know how every other listener heard it, but the point of I needed God's permission. So you've you've made statements like this before. The way that you are is because it comes with like, this is how I process my devotion to God. And if I don't do this, I'm, I'm not being as devoted to God as I should be. But when God gives you permission to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, no, all of this stuff being mission essential isn't how you prove your devotion to me. You prove your devotion to me by being with me and doing what you need to do to enhance our time together. That's a great gift. Mm-hmm. Every personality type, whether you are a high octane, everything is mission essential person, or whether you're somebody that is a little bit more like me that is kind of laid back, what is the priority right now? What has to be done right this moment? You know, I, I need I need permission from God to give myself grace to understand that, you know, even though I am not anybody else, I am who God has made me to be. I do have a skill set. I do have an ability that I bring to the table. 
I need to hear God's permission to say, it's okay to be me, and it's okay to improve in areas of who I am, because it's not changing me, but it's enabling me to be the best version of me that God has created to be, because we all have that. That permission from God thing is not just a, a cute, cliche, Christianized, you know, little phraseology. That is part of the grace of God that we only receive by being a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's it's the it's that lifestyle of John that we we were talking about yesterday in our staff meeting at the church that you know just being close enough to Christ to to have again it's that confidence right mm-hmm. to have confidence not in yourself you know that's arrogance but to get confidence from from Him that He speaks blessing over our lives. And that's what you want for this new year. Yeah. So to the listener, you know, I, I think that's our primary offering to you today is the week's not over, and it doesn't matter anyway. God's not going to s- suddenly put, hang up his it's too late, we're moved yeah. on sign. But take time to, to ask the Lord. Say, you know, Lord, what do I need? What does my soul need this year? How do I follow you in the way of holiness this year? And we could talk about, and I know we will in weeks to come, all the different practices that we can implement. You've already mentioned some of yours is just creating some lists, mm-hmm. which I think is just so weird because here you are creating lists, and here I am not, I mean, open up my calendar, and there's nothing planned. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you a funny example that really highlights where I'm at with this. My wife and I are going to go on our annual sabbatical. Uh, we usually go in February for a week. I have booked a getaway in a cabin in the mountains. I have, and I have no idea what week it is. <laughs> I mean, I'm not making that up. As I sit here on January the third, recording this, I do not know when we leave for this sabbatical. <laughs> I literally sent an email to the woman that owns the place yesterday afternoon and said. I know this is a weird question, but I've booked a week at your cabin, and I have no idea when it is. Could you please let me know? So my wife's waiting on me to tell her when we're going on this trip. I don't know if it's like, because it's either end of January into the 1st of February, or it's all in February, so I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. But that's that's kind of where I am, and yeah. I've gone from got to have it all together to, hey, you know, it'll, it'll work. It'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Wow. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm 100% that way, uh, and I'm definitely not saying that I haven't struggled to keep in that. So one one final word I will offer that comes out of this, you know, slow your pace is on this uh, these three parameters I mentioned earlier. This is a thought I had yesterday morning as I was thinking about doing this podcast. To slow your pace, it helps to shrink your world. And shrinking your world, I actually think you said this is a poor example, but I think you gave a great example earlier. Sometimes we fill up our world with other people or so many activities or so many yeses Mm -hmm. that we suddenly can't slow down at all because we've overcommitted ourselves. So I think slowing our pace, it helps to shrink our world. And I was looking back and thinking, even over this past year, I had some gains in some areas. And I shared some of that with you this morning. I mean, I've spent more time this past year in physical training, more importantly in spiritual fitness and training. But those gains mixed with the struggles 
that I've been going through, the inner frustrations and the perplexities of everything, they seem to just produce anxiety. That's not what we're after, right? So the equation is off. While I'm spending more time seeking God and I'm spending more time on wellness, how is the end result anxiety? Well, the the reason is because I'm too focused on trying to make everything work. Hmm. And slowing my pace has to include shrinking my world. So I've mentioned the word pace this week in a few settings around here. And I just want to encourage everybody as my final word, kind of what I said to our church. You know, you make plans, and you might look at it from time to time and say, I'm not making the progress that I want to make. But just keep pace in mind. This thing is not a rush. It is a long-term journey. And when I close my eyes today, I I sincerely want to be able to say, you know what? I got to win. I got to win today. And that's really what it's about. Every step in the right direction is a step in following Jesus, and and I'm I'm happy with that. So pace, just pace yourself with Christ. There you go. Well, we've come down to the end of our first Way of Holiness podcast. I guess I would say for those that have listened to us in other venues, uh, it probably sounds familiar, which I'm glad for because we really wanted to keep a lot of that. And if you're new to this or just discovering us, welcome and we hope that you will find us to be just a couple of more voices that are encouraging you in the way and kind of supplementing you know, where you're at with your church and your pastor and, and what your, your journey is looking like. We just want to be a supplement to that and encouragement to the saints. And so thank you for joining us. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. We look forward to seeing you next week here on the Way of Holiness podcast. <laughs>